invite you now to join our conversation, an instrument of healing as we share how each of us can grow through times of illness, grief, and loss. Our wish is through these words you will discover a healing community that promotes insight, reignites hope, and nurtures peace. Welcome. Welcome, everyone, to Conversations with Kelly. This is Jeffrey Cloninger, your producer of Conversations with Kelly, and I'm joined by Kelly Grosslogs today. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Hello, everybody. Every day I'm joined by you when we do one of these recordings. And today we're going to talk about how we honor those who have died. Uh, it's a special, special tribute we can give those who have gone before us. And I think a lot of times people find themselves at a loss, with a loss, on, on the appropriate way to do that. You know, mm-hmm. we put a lot of judgment around how we say goodbye and how we mark that saying goodbye through mm-hmm. time. You know, it's interesting because having worked with the dying for so many years, one of the themes that comes up is they worry they'll be forgotten. And we all want to know we made a a mark in this world, and we all want to know that we had a purpose for being here. So it doesn't have to be grandiose. It it can be simply profound in in a lot of ways. But, But talking with... I love that. Simply profound. Little big. Right. Little big. And so... When I when I'm at the bedside of, of people who are dying and asking them, because I do a lot of as as you know, I do a lot of legacy work with people and helping them to create ways to stay present in in the lives of those they love, even when they're physically not here. So people say they are they were they're worried they'll be forgotten. So some of this segment today, I want to talk a little bit about ways to continue to honor people. I think it's a very natural thing to, as time goes on, years, whatever it may be, to not think so significantly about the person who has died every minute of every day. Sometimes days can go by and we don't, we don't think about them. But I think it's important to, to know that that is okay and that doesn't mean we love any less. It's just it's the natural evolution of, of healing. I know a lot of people feel guilty about that. They feel guilty and they and they start questioning what kind of a daughter were they if they didn't, you know, every day. And and quite honestly, the people that have died would not want us lamenting hour after hour for years after years. But sometimes it'll come out of the blue. Well, you know, grief is very, um, very much dictated by our senses. And so we might smell something, we might see something, hear something, taste something that reminds us of something that our grandma made and it, it will bring us back to that moment. Sometimes it's a little more intentional. It's the person's birthday or it's the day they died or whatever it may be. And we, we spend time remembering them and honoring them. So I, I think it's important again, which you've heard me say often in other episodes, but that we just have to be with the grief where we're at and not try to, not try to manufacture it so to speak, to be something that it's not in the moment, and, and certainly not judge it. But honoring the people that have died is often what, if I think about, if you had the ability to say goodbye to somebody, so there was more of an expected death, likely there was conversations about, I'll always love you, I'll always remember you, and you know and these are things I encourage at the bedside to tell people, when you taste homemade popcorn yeah or wasn't all popcorn homemade 
Okay, uh, apple pie. <laughs> no, but right, so if you taste homemade apple pie, Mom, I'm always going to think of you when I, when I have apple pie, and I'm always going to think about how you made that so special for us. And, or whenever I see a bluebird, I'm going to think of you. And, you know, those kinds of things. The, the dying want to hear that. So a lot of times it becomes this, almost this contract, if you will, and then people start to feel very obligated to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's not the intention of telling them. It's the intention of starting and creating that, that bond for after they die. And, you know, by thinking about somebody, that can be honoring them. So we don't have to get caught up in fancy rituals or fancy flowers at the grave or whatever it may be. I think it's simply, it can be just thinking about them. So it's not so much about the details of how we do it. It's more about that we do it. Right. Now, rituals in grief can be very healing um, and can be very remarkable. So I think one of the things, and I I talk about this in my book as well, but one of the things that I is so important, and if you're listening today and you know somebody that has had a death in their family, particularly in the last couple of years, um, but when you refer to that person, say their name, and it's so important, and if you are the one who was in the inner circle and lost somebody, say their name. It's so profound. Say and, their name. And I had at one of the conversations with Kelly in Minneapolis that I did, we had a say their name ceremony where everybody lit a candle, put it in sand and said their name. And so the entire, the entire synagogue that we were speaking at was just people's names floating through the air. And it was incredibly beautiful. It is beautiful. It is. It gave them power. There's nothing more beautiful when you are the one missing somebody and hoping the world hasn't forgotten them. For somebody to say their name. Now people think, oh, if I say their name, I'm gonna make you sad. And I always reassure people, you can't do anything to make them sad. They're already in that place and they're already missing sure. them. But you can do something to make them feel acknowledged. And that's what happens when we say their name. Another thing, and I talk about this, especially around the holidays, but I think it can be important to have a three wick candle uh, that is, and I have one in my home that's very central, and it's 365 days a year, it's there, and I will light it periodically for sure. We light it on holidays. Mm-hmm. And, and the, they're not that expensive. They're not that expensive, and the joke is, you know, don't buy one that's on sale for like $2 because it'll smell for days like ocean breeze and you'll get headaches. <laughs> and so I think that's a... That's kind of a, a funny joke, but it's a three-wick candle. And in fact, we have one in the studio today. And so you can't see me, but I'm going to demonstrate by my words how I would recommend doing this. Another really nice thing about a three-wick candle, it, can, it should be in the center part of your home, whether it's a table or a living room, and that anybody can come in and light it at any time that, that they want to and have just a moment of reflection and a moment of quiet and... You know, that, that's really honoring. I think also light is very universal to all cultures. And so it's a beautiful thing is to is to bring light in and sacredness into this experience. So, Do you want to go through the ceremony first and then talk a little bit about it? or Sure. Well, I can talk about it as I go. So I'm going okay. to light a match right now. And what we do is each wick represents a moment in time. 
So the width that we light first is the past. And we say the person's name or the people's name, whoever we are remembering. So if it's, let's say it's John or it's dad, we say we light the first one and, and this is for the for the memories and the prayers and the whatever that we want to honor about the past. So I light this, I light this um, wick in memory of my dad X, whoever you'd say, and we would say I'm really grateful for all the times you took me to the baseball park or all the times you whatever, whatever. Sure. And then we go around. So this is neat as a family. And you recount as a, community. a memory, whatever a it memory. is that comes to mind for you. Yes. And the whole time, and when I've done it in my family with a larger group, we're just really fixated on the on the flames. It just helps us to honor. And then you light the current one, which is the present. And, and the present, it, it can be very heavy, clearly, because we're at this time where they're no longer with us. And the loss is fresh. The loss can be fresh. It could also be, it could be 25 years out and no matter where it's at, that person's not here. And I think that that, you know, that's how we can bring grief into the present no matter when it happens. So we light that wick and we say something along the lines of, I really ask for strength and courage to be able to honor you in these, in this moment. And also to let you know that I miss this moment and miss the times you took me to the baseball field and, and all of that. And I want to give you gratitude. Lighting the future one, again, being very difficult because we know that the future does not hold physically this person with us. So we may light it and say something like, I ask for strength and peace as I move with my grief and I move and I move forward with my grief that... In the future, there will be the moments of peace, and there will be moments where I do feel more bonded because of my grief rather than tortured by my grief, and that I hope that you will continue to, to spiritually surround us and make yourself known and have a presence. And so then you get these three wicks that are burning. You're integrating, and the beautiful thing that I think is important to remember too is you're integrating the past, the present, and the future with this person. Most people would think they would just light a past wick because that's the only experience they've had with the person. But you're sure, actually and you're experiencing... also you know, the the bias is the person's gone. That's right. They're physically gone. And so what we also want to do is light the present and the future as an integration of that this person will always be with us. And so again, this can be done anytime. Sometimes we do it on days like their birthday to really honor them. And sometimes it may just be a day that we're really struggling. And, you know, I think, I think what's important too is to, to again, remember this does not have to be grandiose. This doesn't right. have to be a public thing where we put it, you know, it's beautiful, but some people can't afford to put a big write up in the paper that this is the anniversary of a death or they can't afford to buy a plant at their church or they can't whatever this is something everybody can do yeah and you know what i was just thinking maybe you could even make a post out of it on social media if you wanted to you could share the image that's right and the name of whoever you're honoring yep and share right. that with your community with your people that's right and i think right now it would be really neat if as people are listening whether you're listening in a community or if you are listening individually, to just say right now the name of people 
So I'll say Sherry, Sandy, Jim, Kurt, Leslie, Lorraine, Heidi, Gladys, Bill. And I think that it's just, I think it's really important. So just take a minute at home and just, and just say out loud the person that, that you love and that you miss. And this is an extremely important thing that we say their name because to say their name gives energy. And I think it's really, it's just a beautiful way to honor. And if you say their name, you have remembered. I'm actually pulling something down from one of the shelves here in the studio. It's it's a bluebird that, that you brought. Oh that my gosh. was my grandma Gladys's. You heard me mention her name a minute ago. So she's been watching down on this, and I'm setting her next to the to the uh, three wick candle and seeing the light shine through. Well, that's so beautiful. And actually, one of our close friends, I would say, of conversations with Kelly is Rudolph's Bluebird Houses. And he makes and has kind of a community initiative to make bluebird houses for the bereaved because his wife loved bluebirds so much. So it's just neat that all these connections, that again, it's about triggering, right? The memory and who would know that looking at that bird for your grandma would also connect to another story. Right. And I, th I just think that that is, that's kind of, it's just a beautiful way to, to remain connected. I've worked with people who are grieving and they don't really have anything left of the person because the home maybe caught on fire or whatever that may be. You don't have to have tangible physical things. You you can you can pay tribute to them by saying their name, you can pay tribute to them by creating a candle in their honor, you can plant a tree for them. You can I know a lot of families have a meal or a celebration and they make the favorite dish that is such a beautiful thing to do and again and you know and have fun with it too grief doesn't have to always be so heavy and so difficult we can have fun with it too where remember when he always ate this side dish his favorite you know potatoes at gratin or whatever and he'd get it all over his shirt and you know we'd all have to tell him to go change his shirt and i mean and you know and you're gonna laugh about that and those are the things that you're going to laugh and then you're going to cry. And because you would give anything to go back and give him a hard time or whatever it may be. This so, isn't going to turn into say your favorite or their favorite curse word, is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> it could. Some that you're honoring, that might be how you honor them the most, <laughs> is um, to go around and, and swear. And that's okay, too. So I, I just, I feel very strongly, though, that People need to be okay. I mean, there will there will eventually, and it's really going to be hard to believe this if you're newly experiencing this grief, there will come a day where time will pass and you'll realize you didn't think about them or you will have a hard time pulling up what their laugh sounded like or, you're, you know, what did their eyes really look like? And you go to a picture, but then they don't really represent what they look like in person. And so... These are just, these are very natural things for healing. You you know, those are things you can forget, but you're never going to forget that experience of loving them or them loving you. That just, that, that will never go away. I'm glad we said their name. It's important to say their name. Kelly, thank you. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. And um, 
thank you to everybody who listened today. I, I do wish you all peace, and I will say that you say their name as many times as you need to say it. And each time we say their name, we honor them. And each time we light candles for them, we honor them, make a meal for them, plant a tree, whatever it may be. But please don't judge that your honoring doesn't live up to whatever you said to them. I can almost guarantee you that everyone that we're trying to remember and honor would be okay with no matter what it is that we choose to do. So, be gentle. Be well. Thank you for listening to this CWK podcast. It's our hope that these words bring comfort, healing, and insight to your life, wherever you are and whatever you're experiencing. Please subscribe and share this episode. You can also follow and like Conversations with Kelly on Facebook. One quick note. We've done our best to share some ideas, tips, and techniques to help guide you. This podcast's content is not intended to be a substitute for or constitute professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to seek professional medical advice if needed. Thank you.